Hi, welcome back to another episode of You the Mother podcast by Abby Williams, a space dedicated to supporting, empowering, and connecting all parents in all seasons of parenthood. You can find more supportive content over on Instagram at You the Mother. And be sure to check out youthemother.com where you can reach out to work with me one on one or sign up for my group coaching. In this week's episode, we are talking all about how to pay for college, from savings to scholarships and FAFSA, plus how to guide your child to college choices that work for your family financially. Ann Garcia joins me to chat about this topic. Ann has helped thousands of families save millions of dollars on college. Not only is Ann a certified financial planner and author of How to Pay for College, She's also a parent of twins who just graduated from college debt-free, so her expertise goes beyond 529s and the FAFSA to the emotional components of helping your child set and achieve their dreams. You can find Anne over on her website, howtopayforcollege.com. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram at College Financial Lady, and you can find her on Twitter at Ann Garcia CFP. Be sure to pick up her book, How to Pay for College, on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. I hope that you enjoy this week's episode, and if you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started in supporting you, the mother. And welcome to the Mother Podcast. I am so excited that you are here joining us today. I think college might feel like it's really far away, but it seems really close for my house. Um, so I'm really excited to have this conversation. And I know that the world is expensive right now. Our modern motherhood, it feels like a lot. So I'm really, really thankful that you are here and we can pick your brain today. Uh, but first, tell me listeners a little bit about yourself. Of course. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's a it's a pleasure to um, to be here. My name is Anne Garcia. Um, I am a um, I'm a fee only financial advisor, and one of the areas of focus in my business is helping families to plan for the cost of college, which, as I'm sure is no surprise to anyone, is kind of large and daunting. <laughs> um, and um, <clears throat> And I do that through a variety of tools. You know, I have clients who I um, work with one-on-one. -on -one. I also offer an online course through my website, howtopayforcollege.com. And then um, I wrote a book called How to Pay for College that's available from Amazon and, and bookstores everywhere. I'm also a mom of two. So I have twins who just this year graduated from college. And so I'm super excited um, for them to see them, you know, making their way out in the world. But it really only feels like yesterday that I was where you are, you know, starting to think about high school. And it's sort of like, you know, the saying, the days are long, but the years are short. And they, I feel like they keep getting shorter. <laughs> There's like a 10 year age gap between my oldest and my youngest, and which has some pros and cons to it. But one of them is, I think, like having some of that perspective. I have two in between there too. But you know, kind of knowing, okay, I'm in like the thick of it with a three-year-old right now. And you're like, I don't want to wish this away, but this is really hard. But then being able to kind of look ahead at some of the older stage stuff and you're like, this 
you will come out of this. This does end, and I agree. There but is like, light at the end of the tunnel. It's hard though, like <laughs> when you're in it and then, like hearing some of the the days are long, but the years are short. But it's so true. It's so true, and I see it so much in my own journey as well. Um, and I'm sure planning for college and planning to pay for college of twins was a whole ordeal as well. So you were the expert for sure. Um, and kind of tell us, I guess, uh, when is the right time to start planning for college? You know, should we be doing this as soon as these babies are born? Is it too late if we're starting some in some of these middle years? When is some of this like magic moment? Well, I would say, First of all, it's a great question um, because oftentimes people think, well, I don't have kids in high school. I don't need to think about this yet. I would say it's never too early to start and it's also never too late to start. And so particularly when it comes to savings, the earlier you start, the more work your money does. The later you start, the more work you do. And that's thanks to the power of, of compounding if you're, you know, if you're saving and investing for, for your child's college. So if you're a parent of very young kids, great things to do are set up a 529 college savings account and set up an automatic monthly contribution to it. Um, um, and just for, you know, for the record, a 529 is a dedicated education savings account, and it has a, a few tax benefits. First of all, all the growth in the account is tax-free. Secondly, when you take money out, it's tax-free as long as it's used to pay for um, for college. And um, and then many states offer tax benefits for the contributions that you that you put in. So there are lots of ways that you can make money in a 529. One of the best things when you're a parent of young kids is 529s all have a feature called a gifting page. And so if you've ever been the parent who says, please, no more toys. <laughs> Raising my hand. <laughs> I got both hands yeah. in there. <laughs> like, so there's only so parent, much space in our homes, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, you know, if that's ever been you, having a 529 and having a gifting page that you can share with family and friends who want to, to help your kids out, is, is a really great way to get a jump start on, on your college savings. Yeah. Do you feel like the 529, 529, right? Do you feel like that is the best way that we should be going? I guess I'm just like, I'm thinking, do all kids end up at college, right? And so if we're making this plan, like, oh, you guys are all going to go to college. And then one of them is like, I'm not. I'm going to go over to this trade or, you know, I'm going to go be a musician or whatever is their life goal, right? Um, then what kind of happens to some of those accounts? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one that has kept a lot of families from from starting to save. So I would say, I would say a couple of things. Um, it's true. Not all kids are going to go to college and you definitely don't know when your kid is one, what their, what their, what your path is going to be. The good news is there are a lot of ways that you can use a 529. So you can use it for college expenses, you know, tuition, fees, room, board, books. Um, you can use it for community college. You can use it for apprenticeship programs. So one of my friends, um, her son is in an electrician apprenticeship program, and he's used his 529 to pay for his classes, to pay for his tools. 
all, all kinds of stuff. And I mean, that's a really different pathway than, um, than going to college. There's also a new, a new um, rule related to 529s came into effect a couple of years ago with the Secure 2.0 Act that was passed at the end of um, at the end of last year, and that allows you to take money that's in a 529 and roll it over to a Roth IRA for the for the beneficiary. So that's really a way of of viewing your 529 fund as your kid's launch fund, right? Because if you take that money and you roll it to a Roth IRA from that for them, you know, a they've got a head start in their retirement savings. B, with Roth IRAs, you can take your money out. So if they need to, you know, buy a car for their job or trying to find down payment money or a security deposit for an apartment, that's all money that they that they actually have have access to. So I think, you know, 529s, if you think of it instead of a college savings fund as a get my kid launched fund, um, there's definitely, you know, definitely hard to find, hard to find a better option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I like that perspective shift of a launch fund. (laughs) Cause I think like that is all of our goal is to launch these children, but you know, we're kind of coming up on some things where not all kids are going to go to college where I think like our generation, it was so pushed that you need college, you have to go. And now I just think that there's so many different paths, not that there wasn't always, but you know, yeah, I could see why some parents might be like, I don't want to plan for college because X, Y, Z, right? But yeah, but I think that we do all want to get them launched and help their launch, right? Um, So I guess like when we're talking about finances and planning for college or to get them launched, saving for our kids, It seems very daunting and very hard, especially in our modern parenthood, right? We've got all the effects of COVID, you've got inflation, life is expensive, you know, things are hard. You've got both parents kind of in our homes or have to work in a lot of homes um, and still are struggling to make ends meet. How can, I guess, how do we start saving for them when things are rough and be saving for our own retirement and doing the things that we want to do. How do we kind of make that feel more manageable? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you're, when you're a parent with kids at home, life is in triage mode all the time and finances rarely reach triage mode until they really are in triage, in triage mode. And so, so all this stuff that's, you know, a few years down the road is, is, is easy to, to put away. Um, my rule of thumb is, is, is this, well, and let me take a step back first and say, um, there's actually, there's been a bunch of research done. And one of the things that I found really interesting, um, about college savings is kids whose families have saved for college, not only enroll in college at higher rates, but they graduate at higher rates, even when their families have saved very small amounts, like $500. So, I mean, I would expect, you know, sort of chicken and egg, the whole enrollment piece, but the fact that they graduate at higher rates is, um, is pretty amazing. And then it doesn't take a whole lot of dollars, um, to get your kid on, on that path. So, so I do think it's something that you want to make room for in your budget at some point, but it also needs to be reasonable and, and in balance with other aspects of, of your life. So, a piece of good news is that college is available at every price point. 
So for example, my son has a friend, I have, you know, my twins just graduated from college um, this year. My son has a friend who went to college for free, Um, not because she's a football player, um, but she did free community college in her state for her first two years. And then she was working for Starbucks and Starbucks has a tuition partnership program with Arizona State's online program. And so she finished her degree online at Arizona State and paid exactly zero dollars for college. So there's college available at every price point. Don't beat yourself up if you're not on track to have, you know, $85,000 a year times four times the number of children that you have. So, <laughs> um, I'm so like, can, I don't know if you can just like watch like, I have relief. Yeah. You know, that like happening for me. Well, I have four kids and it just does feel so unrealistic at times to mm-hmm. provide them this launch opportunity that I want for them. Yeah. Right. Well, so, so I would say a a couple of things, you know, first and foremost, if you don't have emergency savings, don't save for college. If you don't have retirement savings, don't save for college. And both of those are more important than saving for college. But once you've got those, then my rule of thumb is whatever you're contributing to retirement, if you're not maxing out your retirement savings, 10% of that should be the most that you put towards college every year. So if you're saving $5,000 a year for retirement, then $500 a year is as much as you should go to college. And you want to, you know, work those two numbers up together because they're, you know, they're both, they're both priorities for you. Part of the reason why I like 529s, besides the fact that you can have other people give, put their money into it. is that you can you can start them with very very low contributions. You know, oftentimes the minimum contribution for a 529 is $10. And so if you can find $10 in your budget every month, then you know, then you can get started. I also encourage parents every year on your child's birthday, you know, as you're thinking about thinking back what a great year you had, maybe think ahead too about the person that you want them to become and and how you want to support them in um, in their growth and and in ultimately getting out of your house. <laughs> and maybe there's another dollar a month, or five dollars a month, or ten dollars, um, you know, ten dollars a month that you could um, that you could save. And then you know, of course, your family will go through through stages too, right? You're you're not going to be paying for childcare forever, and that's probably a sizable part of, of your budget, um, that, that might be freed up at some, at some point in the future. Um, and of course, you know, as I said before, there are lots and lots of pathways through college at lots and lots of different price points. So, so don't feel defeated about it. Um, you know, feel like this is something you're doing to empower your child, um, and you're doing the best you can and, and, and you're going to provide options and choices for them. And, and, you know, unless we spend too much time talking about savings, because savings to me is one piece of this. And I, I think planning for college is equal parts financial planning and parenting. Because you could have the greatest plan in the world, but if you're not talking with your kid about it, it doesn't matter because they're going to be hearing it from their friends. And they're going to be hearing about college from, you know, people at school. And um, how do you know, we like, start some of those conversations with them? Yeah, well, I think it's important to be age appropriate with those conversations. So, you know, with really young kids, I think a great thing to do is, you know, if you went to college, 
talk, you know, bring up your college experience when it's relevant. So for example, I have a my friend Kelly and I are friends from college and my, my kids and I used to go and stay with her when we would, um, when we would travel. Um, and, uh, and they always had such a great time with her and, you know, and she's a great friend of mine. And, and I always made sure to mention, you know, Kelly and I are friends from college and that's how I met her. And, you know, just introducing the idea of college as, as something that enriched your life and, um, and that you're, you know, that you're glad to have done. And that's, you know, just opens, opens it up to them as, as a pathway that's, that's available to them. Or, you know, maybe there's a thunderstorm and you say, I never knew what caused thunder and lightning. And then I took this meteorology class and I learned about where that all comes from, or, you know, go to a, go to a college sports event, take them to a football game or, or, um, or go visit a beautiful college campus when you, when you travel some somewhere. Hey mamas, we are in the busy season with the holidays approaching, which means more to-dos on mom's list. From classroom parties to organizing and planning holiday gatherings with friends and family to shopping and preparing, I know I couldn't keep my energy up and my stress down without my productivity shot from Magic Mind. I began taking Magic Mind alongside my morning tea, and it has taken this busy mama four from stressed and depleted to focused and motivated. Magic Mind is subtly sweet and includes active ingredients designed to boost your energy, help you relax, keep you focused, and support immunity. Go to magicmind.com backslash the mother to get 50% off your subscription for the next 10 days with my code themother20. That's T-H-E-M-O-T-H-E-R 20, a cost-effective way to maintain a busy mom's focus, energy, and motivation. That sounds like a holiday miracle. Check out magicmind.com backslash the mother so you can do more and stress less too. That link will be in the description of this podcast, and I can't wait to hear how it helps you in your holiday season. Do you feel like the topic of like, finances and college needs to be addressed with our kids? And if so, at what age do you start talking to them about the cost of college? You know, I want you to go pursue all your lofty dreams in the whole world, like go chase them. But also these colleges might be out of the budget or, you know, how do we kind of navigate some of college can be expensive and I want you to go pursue your goals. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I do think it's, it's incredibly important to talk to kids about the dollars that are involved in college. And of course, you know, as parents talking with kids about money, it's about as awkward as talking to them about sex. So, um, so, you know, that's, it's tough, but I, I would say middle school is really where money becomes a little bit appropriate to kids and, and relevant to them. You know, it's just, they're, they're, it's hard to, for, for younger kids to really attach meaning to dollars of, of the size of, of college dollars. You know, a great thing to do in middle school is mention to your kids that you're saving for their college and that college is important to you and that you want to support them on, on that journey. Um, and, and, and that'll help to reinforce that you're their partner you're supporting them, and then it costs money. Um, what tends to happen too when your kids get to middle school is they'll have friends who have older siblings who might already be looking at colleges, and yeah. those names are going to start, you know, filtering back into into your house, and that can be a really good opportunity to start talking about 
there's lots and lots of different college options and they come at different price points and, you know, and, 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 and talking too about things like, you know, paying more doesn't mean something's better. Um, I kind of have a like life experience. I think like that where I have a master's in social work and when I was going to apply for grad school, you know, I got into three different schools and I kind of went with like the cheaper one because social workers don't make a ton of money, you know, and I'm like, I'm not going to take out all these student loans just for, you know, the name that it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just, it wasn't, I felt like the cost didn't benefit what you were coming out with. You know what I mean? And I'm like, to me, I was a single mom going through my master's program. And I'm like, I have to be more cost effective here and go this route where I was spending less money for the same degree, you know? And like, so I think, do you think that, you know, kind of sharing some of those life experiences with your kids is appropriate? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, you know, another thing that's really great to do when your kids are in middle school is start looking at where you're tracking towards a college budget. So how am I doing with savings? What's that going to look like four or five, six years from now when my, when my kid graduates from high school, how much do I think I could pay out of pocket on an annual basis? And what does that look like? If you do that in middle school, the you know the great thing is if you look at your budget and say, wow, this is not a four-year college budget, you have a couple of options. One is, is it possible for me to save more? Um, and another is maybe we need to start being open about other pathways through college. Because as I said before, there are lots and lots of pathways through college that don't require you know, tens of thousands of dollars a year, every year for, for four years. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you kind of talked about, you know, Starbucks has a program and I know that there's several other employer, you know, benefit Mm -hmm. things that you can tap into that do um, tuition assistance. Mm -hmm. Are there other like financial opportunities or like financial aid that parents need to kind of keep on their radar yeah, you know, there are so many great opportunities for kids to get scholarships or pursue different pathways that reduce the cost of college. So um, one program that most states offer is what's called dual enrollment. And with a dual enrollment program, you um, enroll simultaneously at a four-year in-state college and a community college. In your first two years of college, you attend classes at the community college And then you transfer over to the four-year college after two years. Typically, you can live on campus, you know, participate fully in the student life of the four-year college, um, but, you know, you're only on the hook for two years of tuition because you're going to complete your first two years um, through the community college. Most high schools offer similar programs where junior and senior year in high school, you could be taking classes at the community college instead of at your high school and get those classes. Or students can take AP or IB classes, you know, the more advanced high school classes and get college credit for them so that you're, you know, instead of looking at a four-year college experience, you might be looking at two or three years, you know, depending on on how much credit you're able to to accrue as, as a high school student. And as you mentioned, lots and lots of companies have these 
tuition partnership um, programs for their employees. And of course, there, you know, every college offers scholarships too. Um, and every student is avail- eligible for scholarships. Not every student is going to be eligible for scholarships at every college, though. So, um, you know, so, so it's work important. the system a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that's another thing to do as your kids are, you know, sort of middle school, early high school age is start looking, you know, look at your public colleges mm-hmm. in your state and see what kind of scholarships do they offer? Um, because the great thing with public schools is they typically will automatically award scholarships. Mm -hmm. And so you can Google, you know, I'm here in Oregon. I can look at Oregon State or University of Oregon or Southern Oregon's website, and it tells me exactly what scholarships they offer and and how I get them and whether I need to apply. Is that pretty easy to find on these college websites? It's pretty easy to find. If you can't find it, you can just Google the name of the college and then incoming freshman scholarships. Yeah. Um, and like I said, most colleges offer some kind of automatic scholarship, yeah. and that's a great way for, you know, the earlier you find out about that, yeah. you know, for example, if you need to have a 3.5 unweighted GPA to get a scholarship, it's much better to know that when your child is starting high school than when they're a junior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good piece of advice to know. I know. I feel like when I was going when I was going for my undergrad, for my bachelor's degree, I feel like I was just kind of like a lone wolf. Like I didn't have parents really helping me navigate any of those systems. And so I had no idea what I was doing, you know? And so like finding some of these financial aid opportunities, there was just no way I had no idea what I was doing. So I just took out a bunch of student loans and it's not been great, (laughs) you know? And so I think like this topic is so important because having been on like that side of it, my husband kind of went through his own situation. And uh, you just, I feel like when you were starting out in life and being launched with all this student loan debt, and you're starting out what feels like a 100 steps behind, that's not the life I want for my children. Yeah. And so like knowing, okay, start looking at some of those things when they're like freshmen in high school, that's really important to note. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the good news for our kids' generation is I feel like we've become a lot more cognizant about the problem of student loans. Whereas, you know, for your generation, it's just like, sure, go do do your thing, pick, you know, <laughs> take any choice. But that's also why it's so important for parents to be talking with their kids about education and the costs of college. I think having those conversations from the perspective of goals as opposed to from the perspective of constraints is, is super helpful. And so, you know, a constraints-based conversation is you can only go to public colleges or, you know, you have to go to community college first. A goals-based conversation is it's really important for us that you graduate from college with as little student loan debt as possible and ideally with none. Um, and we have saved enough to make it possible for you to do that via this pathway. You can probably find other options that fit in that budget, and we will absolutely support you in in finding those. Just, you know, we're able to support you this much. So I know that, like, we've kind of talked about that, you know, everybody has a different budget. There's college for everybody's budget. Do you have kind of like a 
you know, maybe like golden number of, hey, this is what will make life easier? Or is it just like, hey, whatever you can finagle, go with it. And like, here's how you work it. Yeah. Well, so I would say, you know, when it when it comes to paying for college, most families use a combination of savings, spending out of pocket and student loans. And then, you know, of course, scholarships are another piece of that. But that comes from a separate <laughs> that comes from a separate bucket, you know, Typically, those come from the colleges themselves. So, so you know, when it comes to savings, do what you can, but do if college is important to you, treat it like it's important to you, <laughs> and um, and 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 find a way. Even if it's like I said, if it's ten dollars a month, that's still the more savings you have, the more choices your child is is going to is going to have. Um, <clears throat> you know, and then and then spending out of pocket. You know, look at what's look at what's available in your budget, but you will find you know, you will find pathways at, at every point. And I, I don't want to pitch that, like, go find them <laughs> because they're, they're going to be different pathways from, for everyone. If you want some, you know, some hard numbers, if you saved $375 a month, every month from the day your child was born, you would have the full cost of public college in most States in savings by the time they start. Now, most of us don't save $375 a month, every month from the time our child was born. <laughs> um, the good news is there are scholarships, there are, there are grants, there are student loans. Um, and, and very few people, as I said, pay for college completely out of their savings. So do not feel like you are shortchanging your child. If you're not, if you're not doing that, yeah. everything that you do gives your child more choices. Yeah. How um, much is college costing right now? Well, so that's an interesting question because, you know, we always hear about the list price of college and, you know, Stanford raised tuition 7% this year and, and whatnot. Here's the thing that the list price of college has typically gone up by about 5% every year, but the more important statistic is the net price of college. So the net price is what we actually pay. Now, Colleges use scholarships and grants to discount their tuition to try to get students to enroll. And most colleges are actually actively trying to recruit and enroll students. You know, we listen too much to what the Stanfords and Harvards of the world say, but most colleges are trying to enroll students and they do that by discounting their tuition. So the, the net price of tuition has remained virtually flat since the great financial crisis of 2008, 2009. So that means you are not paying any more now than you would have 15 years ago to um, to send your your kid to college. Um, that does not mean that every college offers discounts to every student. But the last year, the the average tuition discount rate was 56. percent So that means that for every ten thousand dollars of tuition that's charged, only 4,400 actually got paid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. And I'm glad that there are, you know, so many opportunities for parents to be able to tap into. Yeah. 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 Now colleges offer scholarships typically on one of two, you know, one of two bases. Many colleges offer scholarships for students with financial need and financial need means your ability to pay as calculated by the financial aid forms, not necessarily what you think you could actually come up with, but your ability to pay is less than the cost of attendance at their college. 
and and um, and they offer scholarships to meet that. Other colleges offer what's called merit scholarships, and merit scholarships are just scholarships that the college uses to try to enroll the students that they want to enroll. Now, not all colleges offer both. You know, schools like the Ivy Leagues don't offer merit scholarships because, you know, being eligible for merit scholarships at other colleges is what gets them to even look at your application, but they are very generous with students with financial need. But plenty of other colleges do offer merit scholarships and for a lot of different reasons. But the main reason that students get scholarships is grades and test scores. So the mathletes are the ones who clean up in the scholarship world. So anything you can do to support your child as, as a student, um, you know, going through high school um, is, is, is likely to pay off in, in the form of, of scholarships. And, um, and, you know, you don't have to be a 4.0 student to get academic scholarships. My son did not even have a 3.5 GPA and he got a terrific scholarship from, um, from the college that he went to. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's a sigh of relief too. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And thank you so much for helping us navigate some of this um, scary, how the heck are we going to pay for college stuff? I know that this is only scratching the surface for how we're going to pay for college and that you have so much more um, resources available for my listeners. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you, where they can find your book and where they can find more of your resources? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is howtopayforcollege.com and I've got loads and loads of resources there on, you know, different topics related to college planning, you know, saving student loans, filing the FAFSA, um, um, finding scholarships and whatnot. And then my book is called How to Pay for College and it's available from Amazon and bookstores everywhere. Perfect. Thank you so much. I will be linking all of those in the description of this podcast. So go make sure that you give Anna follow and go pick up her book over on Amazon. And thank you so much again for helping me support you, the mother. Thank you for having me.